0: One of the toughest things for entrepreneurs and salespeople to face is an element of criticism because it's tough to hear what you're doing wrong. But the cool thing is you have other opportunities and other avenues to fix it. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. Aloha from Sacramento, California. Today, today's a good day. I'm coming to you live from the studio. And I figured I'd put together an episode for you of how to deal with criticism. And this is one of the things where I see people struggle with when I ride with them, when I work with the team, when I work with the group, when I sit in on meetings. And criticism is one of those things that is a necessary event for business. And I wanna get this one element out of the way right now. I'm not talking about the jerk person that you know, that is coming to crush your life and hurt your feelings. I'm talking about when people are coming from a standpoint of, I really want to help you out to be better at what you do. There was a problem with your project. There was a problem with your idea. There was something going on. And I want to give you a couple of elements, the intense situations. People tend to lose control of their vocal pitch and tone. They tend to lose control of their spacing of words, and they tend to talk over the top of each other. And let's say that you've worked on a project and you've put in time, energy, and effort. Well, that's your emotional bank account. Those are things that in the back of your brain, you're like, I've put some time, energy, and effort into something. And if you tear it down, now I need to defend my castle. Now I need to defend my building. And my moat for this is how I react to the to whatever you're telling me. I mean, I could try to throw arrows and, and shoot cannons at you. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of people out there that are trying to help you be better at what you do. And sometimes, sometimes it's you. Sometimes you don't want to listen to what's going on because that's going to mean that you're going to have to put in some more work, some more effort, and some more time. And it's like, I've just got so much stuff on my plate. It's not something that I want to do at this point. You'll find that sometimes the people that are coming towards you and having the conversation in the meeting with you, coaching you, training you are right but it comes down to their delivery. You, It's not that you're mad at what they said, it's you're mad at how they said it. And there's a lot of times where I get to dissect calls, sales calls with salespeople and say, tell me where you think you lost the buyer. Tell me where you think you could have improved in one place. And when I'm watching the ping pong match in co-pilot position, A lot of times salespeople lose the deal because they misread a situation. They don't understand what's going on. They take something personal and they don't understand from in the interaction with the person that they're meeting with that that was their natural reaction. So there is uh, some baselining as they would refer to in the world of body language. If you're around somebody long enough, you get to learn their ticks, their normal interactions, their structures, and what frustrates people and what makes people angry. When you're with a buyer, you're getting a snippet in time. And not all the time do you get to see that. When you're with a boss, they get to see you more than a lot of other people. So there's times where people will come to you that are in an executive management ownership position and they've got a million things going on and they've looked at your numbers and they're like look your sales suck right now you got to improve them well that's a form of criticism they didn't they didn't give you an elegant message and sometimes it's easy to take that type of conversation personal but look where it's coming from they they have directives they have things that they need to do they have things that they're looking at could they have delivered the message better yeah they could have come to you and said hey sales guy hey sales girl i was taking a look at your numbers and I'm very concerned at this point about what's going on in your situation. It could be that nobody's ever taught them to say that. A lot of entrepreneurs brought themselves up and they didn't really have formal training and they were able to get themselves to where they need to be. And sometimes they just don't communicate effectively. This is why you need to know your audience. Are they doing it to build you up or are they doing it to tear you down? If you're working with a coach, a mentor, a trainer, they're doing it to help you say, hey, look. Here's a problem that you're having, and here's how you fix it. You could bang your head against the wall and do it the hard way, or I can show you the way that I'm seeing from the outside that you're not seeing, and you could take that message. And a lot of times, salespeople especially, entrepreneurs do this too, is because they take it personally, they discount it. They say, I'm not going to listen to that message. It's not something that I want to do, and it's an ego issue. And because their ego gets in the way, it takes a lot longer for that person to learn. You know, in in my world of training, the unicorn is the person who shows up, implements, takes coaching, takes training, makes the modifications, comes back and says, please, sir, can I have another? Right. And that's the, that's the best thing that could happen. When you react wrong, everything escalates. The problem gets worse. The person gets frustrated with you. And if they're in a position that their job is to coach and train you, they're like, look, I'm trying to help you. You're ignoring the message. And they get frustrated, too, because they're like, I'm putting in time, energy, effort. And for a coach or a trainer, they're putting in risk. They're like, my name is on the line. How come you're not getting it together? How come you're not doing what needs to be done? You know, I got to go answer to somebody. They paid me a pile of money to train and coach you. And now you're not doing it. What's going to happen is now it's going to look like I don't know what I'm doing. So like it goes back and forth and it just escalates. So somebody comes to you from a coaching or training position and says, hey, I need you to fix these one or two things. And you go, gosh, darn it. Why is everybody picking on me? And then they go, oh, my goodness, my reputation's on the line. So there's always something more to the conversation that you should really be thinking of. When I work with an organization, I have a rule. It's usually one to one. One good thing one thing that needs improvement. And I don't like to call it one bad thing because it has, it has a negative connotation. And I know that may seem a little woo-woo and it may seem like a little bit of, you know, ah, that's kind of crazy. But I have found from working with people as much as I have, one good thing and one improvement. And so let's just say that you're working one-on-one with somebody. You could say, where's one place that I excelled? And I'm starting with the positive on purpose because it's really easy to go negative negative. And one of the things that I've learned from coaching and training people is if I start off on the negative, nothing gets listened to. So you need like the, Hey, you're doing this thing, right? Here's the one thing you excelled at. Here's the one area that you need to improve. And you know, sometimes people will say, well, are there other areas that I need to improve? I say, yeah, there's always place for improvement. I'm going to prioritize them on one, two, and three. And if I'm ever giving a critique on anything. When it comes to sales training and working with somebody, I always find the top three things, that's it. And if somebody's like, well, what about four, five, six, seven, and eight? Nope, the brain can't handle that. The brain is like, this is too much. Three is difficult to begin with. Seven, most people can't deal with it. They don't know what to deal with. They won't implement and they'll just go, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed. And sometimes that feeling of overwhelm is really what's stopping you from moving forward. That feeling of like, oh, just one more thing to go wrong. What else could go wrong today? Come on, just one more. Oh, now my presentation needs this thing. You weren't with me. You don't know what was going on. I will let you know that from the amount of sales presentations that I've been on, for the most part, and I'm not always right, from meeting somebody and just kind of checking out their personality, I could tell what type of salesperson they are. I could tell how they're going to act in the call, what they're going to do, what objections they're going to walk the buyer right into. Because, uh, you know, in the world of sales, you sell how you buy. And so sometimes your own personal traits are the things that are getting in your way. It's just really tough to admit it because now if you say, hey, I do have that problem and you're like, I have ownership of it. Now you have to do something about it. And you'll find that if you're in a management team, if you're in a coaching team, The minute that somebody starts deflecting, they don't have to own anything. And if you're in this position where I'm just going to deflect and I'm going to say, nope, 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 that's not true. You don't ever have to change. You don't ever have to put any time, energy or effort in. You don't have to worry about having any type of risk. You don't have to worry about being criticized. You just get yelled at. Most criticism of what you do is coming from a business standpoint or a loving place. And sometimes this gets into a relationship conversation You know, if somebody's around you and they are a loving person and they have some criticism of something you did, it's coming from a loving place. If you are around somebody who tears you down constantly, that's a horrible person. I'm not talking about that type of person. It's the person who really does care about your outcome. When I work with people, I will let them know from the beginning, like, here is my goal to help you out. My goal is to increase your income by $10,000 this year. So if I come to you and I say, hey, this really needs to be changed, it's from the standpoint of this is why. So you could start with the outcome. It doesn't have to be about money. It could be about like, look, I'm really worried about you for these things. And this is why I'm going to share this information with you. And it really slows down the process. And a lot of times people are nervous. They're nervous to tell you what they think. And so that nervous energy ramps up and they don't have an elegant way to say what they need to say. For some people, it's naturally seen When somebody's down, you go after them and you and you criticize them as much as you can. And sometimes this comes down to human nature and human traits. There's been times where I've seen salespeople on a team piled on because they walked into a meeting and they looked like that they were already down, and the team picked up on it and they went after them. And a good manager, good coach, good executive, good owner is going to go time out. We need a reset. But start paying attention in your own personal life, business and personal, how many times that somebody's struggling and the world goes after them. I look at it sometimes and I'm like, oh my goodness, I see what's going on. And just watching from the perspective of like, I'm in the audience and I'm watching back and forth. I'm like, what is this? Oh, that person, that person's struggling right now. And so if somebody else is struggling... They're going to be like, that guy's struggling. I'm going to put a highlighter on him. That girl's struggling. I'm going to put a highlighter on her. So sometimes there are people that don't understand that naturally they're doing this because it's relieving the pressure from themselves. And the next time that you're in a meeting and you see somebody that goes after someone else who's struggling, it's typically somebody else who's struggling too. Not all the time, not 100% of the time, but anytime I train a group of people, the most critical person is is the person who is struggling the most. They're the ones that have the most amount to say. They're the ones that have the most amount of problems with role play. They're the ones that have the most amount of problems with you didn't do this perfect, you didn't do that perfect. And then, you know, I picked up on this. So I said, hey, tell me about your numbers. Tell me about what's going on with you. And it always comes down to they don't want to have the conversation. They don't because what they were doing is they were like, aha, I can put the pressure off of me onto somebody else. You have the choice. You could be elegant or you could be a jerk. I want to tell you a real story that happened to me when I first started training organizations. And I was inside of a company and a friend that I had worked there. And she came to me afterwards and she was like, Scott, people don't like you. The first part of me freaked out. What do you mean people don't like me? This is what I'm saying in my head. What do you mean people don't like me? There's no way that people don't like me. Everybody likes me. Everybody loves me. And then I really sat down over a weekend and I took took to heart what she said and she was absolutely right i was training the wrong way i was coaching the wrong way it was at the very beginning of my coaching only career and my training only career and so i went back to her and i said christine can i need some insight there's things that you see or that that i'm just not seeing tell me what you mean by people don't like me what i don't i'm not understanding i'm not connecting the dots I'm trying and understand that if I'm a little bit frustrated it's because I have time, energy and effort involved, understand that if I'm saying this and I sound like I'm I'm angry, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at myself for not seeing and recognizing this. And sometimes that's really what it comes down to is you're mad at yourself for not recognizing you're like, I, I can't have a mirror around me all the time. I don't have a voice recorder playing all the time. Where am I screwing up? And her insights helped me be a better coach, helped me be a better trainer. And if it wasn't for somebody to come to me and say, hey, Scott, people don't like you. People don't like your training. They don't like your coaching. I I would have never had a reference point. I would have kept going on in that same direction. And I would have never had the course correction that I needed. Some of this comes down to the way that you look at things. I have a marketer's mindset. Uh, But early on, had a mentor, have a mentor. Jay Abraham says, test everything. And so I took that mindset into pretty much everything that I do. You know, what's the right way? What's going to give me the best outcome? Sometimes I screw up. It was a test. All right, get to redo it all over again. You know, I was working with an organization on some of their marketing, and the person who was in charge had time energy, effort, and risk wrapped up into a campaign that they had built. And I went in and I said, here's where all the struggles are. Here's where all the problems are. Here's where it's not working. And the person freaked out at me. And they they said, this isn't going to work because I'm going to get in trouble. And I said, no, no, no. Let me go talk to the ownership group. Let me help you keep your position. You're not in trouble. We just need to explain that everything's a test. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Went to the ownership group and I said, hey, look, you have a fantastic marketing director. I'm helping them with an idea. We're going to need to pivot on it. The one that they have is good. It's a good idea, but we need to test it against something else. And from then on out, that marketing director said, hey, you know what? That's a better way to look at everything. We're just going to run two campaigns all the time. We're going to split test A and B. And this company, for what they do in the area that they're in on the East Coast, does very well. They're fantastic at what they do during the time of being criticized, being given ideas for implementation, you're going to want to slow down. Your natural defense is going to be speed up because you're like, I want to get this fixed. I want to get this taken care of. And so sometimes that leads to talking over a person. Sometimes that leads to ignoring to what a person's saying to you. If somebody's coming to you from a love standpoint, a business relationship, a friendship, and they're putting time, energy and effort and risk on the line, it may be a good idea to just slow things down and say, hey, look, I really do appreciate what's going on. Let's go sit over here. Can I schedule a time with you? Can we talk this over? Because a lot of times people are nervous. They try to do this in passing. I've noticed this a lot. It's like the hallway criticism. Hey, I wanted to get a minute of your time. Here's the one thing that's going on. And it's a drive by situation. Dropped off the information. Peace out, Girl Scout. Burn out. I'm gone. So you got to be careful about that. So there's a couple of things that I put together for you that could help you out. If somebody comes to me and says, Hey, Scott, there's some things that I want to go over with you. The first thing I do is I go, Hey, thanks for sharing that with me. I would have never known had you didn't tell me. If you're asking, number two is if you're asking for clarification, it's not about the speed. Be curious about what's going on. That's interesting. I never looked at it from that perspective. Could you tell me more about that? Could you share an insight with me? I'm not connecting the dots. It doesn't make sense to me. I see it from this perspective and I'm not defending my mountain, but I don't understand where I'm getting it wrong. I'm really struggling with with catching up with where you're at. Would you mind going over it with me a couple of times? And by being patient and asking a few more questions, you may uncover some gold that you would have never recognized. Three, think through what the person has said. You know, if they're not being a jerk, And they're not being an idiot. And they really are coming from the standpoint of like, look, I want to help you out to be better at what you do. There's a reason why they came to you and they told you they might not have used the best vocal pitch and tone. They might not have had the best timing. They might not have done it in the best setting, but they were trying to help you out Four, make a judgment. And this one's hard because in our minds we can go, nope, I'm right. Or no, you know what? They were right. So you got to choose. Is it valid or is it invalid? Is it real or is it not real? And this is where your mind is going to play tricks on you. This is one of the the problems that I see with people a lot is they're like, I'll take your idea, but because it's coming from you and your stature, I'm going to discount it. I'm going to tell you it's not going to work. I'm going to tell you all the reasons why. And people turn into the yeah, but yeah, but this happened. Yeah, but that happened. Well, the person may not have all the facts. They may not have all the information. Or they could be coming from a perspective where they see something completely different and they've got a better advantage or view of the field that you don't have that you're not seeing. And they truly are trying to help you out to be better at what you do. Five, go back to the drawing board, see what could be changed. And sometimes this is those quiet moments where, you know, you could beat yourself up. But remember, we all screw up. I screw up on average four times a day and I make a joke about it. You know, if I'm in a meeting and someone's like, hey, you said this wrong. And I raise my hand. and I'm like, number one for the day. And if they're like, hey, you screwed up again. I'm like, number two for the day. Number four, I go home. And I just, I turn it into a joke, but I really do think about it. There's a lot of times where I drive and I learned this from my dad. I just, I turn off the radio. I turn off whatever's going on. I put my phone on airplane mode and I just drive and I think. Like, what could I do differently? How could I be better at this? What do I need to know? Where did I do something wrong? How did I harm somebody? How did I make a mistake? How did I screw up? And if it was me and it is possible to fix it, how do I fix it? What are some outcomes? And I use my voice recorder a lot. I've got like a Sony ICD-UX570. And I think I have five or six of these things. And I keep one in my car. I keep one in my travel backpack. I keep one in my work bag. And I'll just put my thoughts just to get them off my chest. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what's going on. Here's what my problem is. Here's how I could fix it. And then I rerun it again. Here's what's going on. Here's my idea. Here's how I could fix it. And then I go, well, how could I turn that into a training session? How could I help somebody else not make that same mistake? How could I come from the loving standpoint of saying, I see where you're struggling and I really want to help you out? I really want to say, I'm invested in in making you better. I'm invested in seeing you do better. How can I make that happen? Six, make a call, get some more feedback. Realize people are going to give it. You know, if you ask somebody for some feedback, they're going to tell you. And not all the time is their delivery right. That doesn't discount what they have to say, even though it's super frustrating, even though it could be hurtful, even though it could be annoying. If you ask somebody for their help and then you get mad because they gave it because you don't like the package they wrapped it up in, that could be your fault. Seven, make some changes. Do what it takes to change. Put in some time, put in some effort, put in some risk. And make some changes. It hurts. It's hard. You know, one of the the toughest lessons for me in the world of sales was walking away from a job without money. And I always hated that feeling. And early on in my career, I did not have anybody to help me. I didn't have anybody to tell me, this is what you're doing right. And this is what you're doing wrong. That's why I started a blog. That's why I started putting up YouTube videos. That's why right now I have 2,500 YouTube videos on sales. That's why I have a whole bunch of episodes of the how to sell show is because I know what that feels like to be like, I feel crushed. There's no good information to help me. And I know what that, that despair feels like. I could have made some money today. I could have walked away with a deal. I could have won a client. I could have got some praise. I could have got some dopamine. I could have got some love and attention from the family and like, congratulations, you did good, but you know, no, I got to go home and I got to go take a zero. And in those moments, those are the toughest times for us to be criticized when we're at our lowest. Those are the toughest times for us to take instruction because that's where our defensive mechanism is up the most. Sometimes it's hard to shift from one feeling to another. Sometimes it's difficult to go from, I'm in the deepest, darkest part of despair to, okay, now it's time for coaching and training and having a conversation. Because deep down inside, it's tough, it's hard. And it's one of those things that you do have to get used to. And the sooner you could get used to it, the faster you could get to the next step, that you could get to the next next test, that you could get to the next series of criticisms. Realize that the people who are doing it from a loving standpoint, they're doing it from the loving standpoint. It could just be that their packaging sucks. So sometimes somebody comes to you with a birthday present, a Christmas present, and it's not wrapped beautifully, but the gift inside is amazing. And that's what you need to walk away with. There may be times where you have to walk away and come back and talk to somebody later and apologize because we do make mistakes. It's a a timing issue. Sometimes people will come to you and they say, hey, I love you. I want to make things better. I like your product, but it needs this new ingredient. And we freak out. Sometimes you owe that person an apology. We all make this mistake, including me. Right. And this isn't just like, Hey, I'm pointing at you, 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 Scott doesn't make these mistakes. No, nope. I make these mistakes too. There's times where I got to call and apologize or apologize to people face to face and say, Hey, I'm sorry. I screwed up. One of the other ways you could take a look at this is you have a recipe and you're trying to make a world-class recipe. You're trying to make this recipe so that everybody loves it. And a cook comes to you and says, you know what you need? You need this ingredient you need these two ingredients. You need to cut back on this ingredient. You should probably take this out of your recipe and you change your recipe and it becomes world-class and it becomes fantastic and it becomes amazing. You could shift your thinking and go, Hey, this is a test. You could shift your thinking and say, Hey, this is a recipe, but whatever you do realize that somebody who's coming from a business standpoint, a coaching standpoint, a help standpoint, is not the person to get mad at, is not the person to get angry at. If somebody's coming at you and they're a jerk, be mad at them. Be mad at them all they want, but realize there is a truth of element in everything. And this is one of the things that's really tough for people when it comes to a joke. In all jokes, there is a tinge, a hint, a slice, a bit, a chunk of truth. And this is where it hurts people's feelings. You take a look at what you got to go up against sometimes in life and sometimes what you got to go up against to get things done. And just one more person piling on and one more person saying, Hey, this is going to be fixed or that could be fixed, or you need to do this. You need to do that. Look at it as a test. Look at it as a recipe. If you really want to get ahead in your job, in your career, in life, take a look at how you deal with criticism and what you could do with it. Take a look at how you give criticism and how you dish it out to other people. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.